This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Dollar Jr., and I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And again, I just wanted to let you know that if you are listening to this podcast on our website, that you can actually head over to Spotify or the Apple Store or the Google Store, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. I guess it wouldn't be the Apple Store, would it? You would get an app from the Apple Store to listen to the podcast. And iTunes, <laughs> there we go. And then so many Google Podcasts or, or just whatever it might be. Wherever it is that you find your podcast, we'll just sum it up there and quit my rambling. <laughs> you can find our podcast. You can subscribe to it. And that way when we post something new, uh, you'll get the update for that. And with that in mind, some of you may have been looking for us for something new last week, and I just wanted to apologize. I was not able to record a podcast last week. We had a little bit of a, an adventure. Uh, I'll put it that way. <laughs> we had a, a little bit of an adventure at our church in the sense of I showed up at church a couple weeks ago on a Friday, and I just happened to look out our window, and there is a camper parked in our parking lot where we have no church services, <laughs> nothing happening. So I thought that was really curious. So I thought maybe the guy had just parked in our parking lot for, for you know, a time because we'll let people do that every once in a while. But then when I left, I saw that the, park, that the camper was still there. So I walked out and I saw that the camper had a flat tire. So I knocked on the camper door and talked to the guy. And it turned out he was homeless and that he was parking in our parking lot. And I said, well, hey, you know what, you, you can be here, but I, I just want to let you know that you have a couple days just to get it taken care of. Because we do have at our church, we have a Spanish congregation that is meeting. They average, they average about, you know, seven to ten people at the most. So they're able to social distance and still gather and meet with one another. But I wanted the parking lot to be free for those people when they came. And he said, yeah, I'll have the car out by Saturday night. I thought, well, that's great. Well, Sunday morning came. The guy was still there. And then Monday came. And then Tuesday came. <laughs> and I quickly realized that we had a person who was trying to be a squatter on our property. And so all my extra time that I used to prepare messages and work on podcasts and all of those other elements fully was poured into how do we deal with this guy and, you know, because it's one of those things as a church, it, it always is a challenge, right? Because we are called to care for, care for those who are poor, who are in need. And as a church, I feel like we do that. I mean, we have done things where we feed the homeless, we feed the hungry. We have done those elements. We have gone out of our way to help those who are in need. So I, I feel like we do that as a church. But then the question became, because I talked to the police later, and the police were saying, well, here's the problem, is where your church is located at, being in a neighborhood, if word gets out that you have this place where a homeless guy camped in your parking lot, you could come in one week and you could have an encampment, like an entire encampment of, encampment of homeless, homeless people in your parking lot, which, you know, is, is one of those things where we want to be able to serve those who are in need but also, we, we run this fine line because our church is in a neighborhood. What does it communicate to the neighborhood? If we have all these homeless people there, what does it do to our property? So there's, there are so many other questions 
that went through my head as to how we how do we deal with that because what is the most Christian thing to do in, in working through it? And so we end up getting to a place where we just realize, you know what the most Christian thing that we could do is let's fix this guy's tire, let's give him a jump, and that way he could be on his way. And that's and that that's what we end up doing is we actually bought I got bought the guy a tire and uh, we actually got him a jump and he was able to take care of his needs and he was able to move on. But it's just one of those things where we always find ourselves in a place where we're trying to figure out what is best to do. What is the best way to serve? And to be honest, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad place to be. (laughs) I, I really don't. I think it's important for us to make sure that we are putting ourselves in a place where we have to wrestle through those things. What is the most effective way for me to serve? What is the most effective way for me to be able to meet the needs? How do I meet the needs of those who are hungry? How do I meet the needs of those who are homeless? But also, how do I make sure I'm cognizant of the needs of my community for people wanting to make sure that they feel safe, you know, in their homes and wanting to have clean property and, you know, that, that whole element? What, is, what does all of that bring with it? What are the challenges it brings with it? So I think that it's good for us to wrestle through that. And so I do want to encourage you that if you're not in a place where you're serving others, where you're making a difference in the lives of others, then maybe you need to take some steps in order to do that. Because here's the truth. Here is the absolute truth. And it's simply this. Real ministry, where you're serving the needs of others, is messy. (laughs) There are no perfect ways to minister. There are no perfect ways to serve. And then also, when you look at the number of needs that people have and the way that you're able to meet those needs, sometimes it's dicey and sometimes it's messy and sometimes you make mistakes and sometimes you have to figure things out. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you get it right. But I I think it's a good thing for us to have to wrestle through and work through. And, And I believe that that's what God has called us to do. When you go through and you look at the ministry that Jesus Christ did, there were times where even the ministry of Jesus Christ was messy. I mean, think about it. The one who betrayed him was one of his 12, was one of his closest followers. That's messy, man. That's messy. And then you look at all of the times that Jesus had encounters with the religious who tried to judge him and Sometimes those conversations got messy. And then you looked at some of the people that Jesus healed and worked with, and some of those lives were messy, to say none the least. But that's where the beautiful happens. That's where the beautiful happens. It's when we're in a place where we have to figure all of those elements out. We're in a place where we're dealing with people who are messy, lives who are messy, patterns who are messy. And then we combine, combine that with the truth is some of our lives are messy and we're trying to work through things and figure things out. But somehow in the midst of all of that messiness, beautiful things can happen. They really can. And I think that that's why God calls us to step out, to love and to serve others. Because if you notice, 
The place where God is, he's where things are most messy. He's where things are most messy. And so for those of us that try to avoid the messiness of life, you know what we may be avoiding as well? Is we also may be unknowingly avoiding the presence of God in our lives as well. And you know what we also may be doing is we may be denying ourselves the opportunity of being able to love God the way that God calls for us to love him. Because one of the ways he says, for example, he says that you are my disciples in the way that you love one another. Well, if I refuse to step into the life of those who are messy, then am I really showing his love? Am I really showing his presence? Am I really showing his compassion and his mercy? If I refuse to step into those lives, if I, if I refuse to do that, then you know what also that does is, again, it, 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 it puts me in this place where we also don't learn about ourselves. I'll be honest. I'll be flat out honest with you guys. I did not handle the homeless guy well on every occasion. <laughs> you know, on our last day, I actually approached him and I apologized to him for my attitude and the way that I interacted with him. But the thing is, if I was never put in that place to deal with messiness, then I wouldn't have learned something about myself. And that's the beauty of messiness. Is this an opportunity for us to learn something about God, about us, about others, and to see ourselves be able to grow in the process? But I can go on and on and on when it comes to this idea of serving him and honoring him. You know, one of the things that Jesus said in Mark 12, 30 and 31, which is what we're really building the foundation of our church on, Jesus was asked a question, what is the greatest commandment? And he responded with this, the greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then the second is this, is to love your neighbor as yourself. And the reason why I talk about that passage is because of one of the conversations that we had this week as we had our Sunday morning service. See, what Jesus was quoting is, this wasn't something new. He was quoting what's called the Shema. And basically what would happen is, as a Jew, a person who was really a good Jew, they would quote the Shema every day. That's why when people heard it, they were like, oh, Jesus, that totally makes sense. He, loving the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind. This is what we know throughout of our lives, all of our lives, what we were called to do. And so really what Jesus was, was challenging them to do is to ask yourself this question is, do you, really, do you really do that? And then what Jesus did is he connected, love your neighbor as yourself to the Shema. So the Shema can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and, four and 5, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And then it says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul and all of your strength. And I, I, I love, again, the imagery of that as well. Because you know what it does? Is it makes it so simple to follow Jesus. I, I think sometimes we make it a lot more complicated than, than what it needs to be. 
And, and I'll talk about an example in a second when I get to what we talked about on Sunday. But I, I just wanted to encourage you to maybe do what the Jews did is every morning when you wake up, love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then add the second part that Jesus added and love my neighbor as myself. I'm setting the tone that this is what my day is going to be about. And then at the end of the day, they would do the same thing. But now it would be an evaluation. Love the Lord with all your love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, how did I do on that today? What if we kept a journal? What if we kept a journal and just kind of notated? How did I do with loving God? How much growth do you think we would see if we were able to just go day by day examining ourselves and just asking ourselves? Just this one simple question. At the, at the end of my day, how could I have loved God more? How could I have loved someone else more? How could I? I mean, just allow that to be the defining factor of your lives. That's why we say at Encounter, we take Mark 12, 30 and 31, and we say love up, love out, love in. That's the challenge that we allow ourselves to have. But this Sunday, what we talked about is, again, because we're doing a series called Seven, but, but we talked about loving God with all of our souls. So we've been in a series called Seven, and here's been the mindset of this series is, how do we love Jesus, or how do we love God the way that Jesus loved him? So what we've been doing is we've been digging into some Hebrew words, the Hebrew words that Jesus would have learned. And then how can we take those concepts and apply them the way that Jesus Christ would have applied them? so that it can make a difference in the way that we live for him. And the word that we looked at this week was the word soul. You know, for those of you that remember soul train, right? I might be dating myself, but at the end, Don Cornelius would say, love, peace, and soul. Now, for those of you who are watching American Bandstand with Dick Clark, <laughs> uh, Soul Train was like the African or, or the black equivalent to, um, to the American Bandstand. It was, it was just the equivalent of that. So they would have acts come on every week and Donna Collins would interview them and there was dancing and hip hop dancing and all those kind of things. It was really, really cool back in the day. But this idea of the soul is, is very interesting. When you look through the scriptures, uh, there's one word that is used the word is nefesh that's the hebrew word that is used for soul and it's interesting because as you dig into it you begin to see that the very first time the word soul shows up is when god breathes life into us now that now when you dig into it you'll find that there are two words that refers to the soul there's there's nefesh and neshama and neshama refers to this idea of life both nefesh and neshama refers to this idea of life it really did bring me to this place of asking, well, then what is the human soul? What is the human soul? And boy, once I open that can of worms, whoo, Nelly. <laughs> you know, I mean, entire libraries really have been dedicated to this question. There's so many thoughts about what is the soul, about what is the soul and the way that it works. There's, there's three main ideas that you'll find. One is called trichotomy. And, and here's the idea behind that is 
that as men, we are made up of three parts. We're made of body, we're made of soul, and we're made of spirit. So there's like three distinct elements. Some of you going to church may have heard of that, have been taught that. There's also dichotomy, which says we're made up of body, and then the soul and spirit, whenever you see those words in scripture, those two are interchangeable, interchangeable. but the soul is still the immaterial part of us that causes us to be alive. For example, when God breathed breath into us, it said that we became nefesh, we became a living person, we became a living being, we became alive. That same idea of being alive, that same word nefesh is also connected with the same word soul. Very, very interesting. But that's one of the aspects is dichotomy. And then there is this idea of monism, which basically says that the soul and spirit are just expressions of the person himself. So in other words, with trichotomy or tri, like tri, yeah, trichotomy and dichotomy, with those two, the soul is seen as separate within the body. With monoism, it's all seen as one. That's the idea. It's all seen as one. So with the idea of monoism is there is no separate soul in us. It's, it's all one. And what happens is when we die, then once we die, we have no concept of time. But eventually what's going to happen is it talks in the Bible that, that Jesus Christ is going to come back and we're going to be raised to life. And so when our bodies are raised to life, our soul is raised to life with it. For people that come from the dichotomy or the trichotomy aspect, what they say is when we die, then our soul, our, our, and, well, dichotomy would say our soul, trichotomy would say our spirit, but it goes to be with God. And then on the day that the resurrection happens, then what happens is that the soul is reunited with, uh, with the body and it becomes alive again and it is now transformed, our trans it's transformed, it's, it's been, it, it'll be changed, where it will now be that which could die will no longer be able to die. It, it will be completely whole, completely new. The, our bodies will be made new. You, you can really dig into this. And here's the thing, is all three points can all back their points up with scripture. All three points can look at and dig into, you know, what it means to love God with all of our soul, I mean, it really can. And, and like I said, all of them would have very valid arguments with it. Some people may feel some arguments are stronger than others. It just all depends on what your background is and what your thought is. But here is one thing that they, every single one of them would agree on, and it's simply this. We have a soul. Period. <laughs> we have a soul. It really is just that simple. So now it, it brings us to this, because I, I think sometimes with Christianity, we have to be very careful. And, and here's what I mean, is sometimes we can get so fixated on arguing the points that we missed the idea. We can get so fixated on arguing monoism versus dichotomy versus trichotomy and all of our, and going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I've, I've seen it. I've seen Christians. We get into arguments over predestination. Has it all been determined? We get into arguments over that. We get into arguments over uh, the resurrection. Will we be resurrected pre-tribulation? In other words, there's going to be this time where Jesus comes back 
And before Jesus comes back, there's gonna be, for example, this huge war that is talked about in the book of Revelation. And some people argue that, that you know, before the huge war and before all of the turmoil that happens in Revelations, that some people will be raptured or taken back to God before all the troubles happen. And some people will be taken and given, taken in, back to God after all the troubles happen. And people argue over that stuff. And again, I think sometimes we can argue over the points so much that we miss the idea. What's the idea? It doesn't matter when we're, right, when we're raised, right? The point is that we will be raised and let's live the best that we can before we're raised. It doesn't matter if with predestination, if I've been chosen to follow God or if I choose God, the point is let's follow God. It doesn't matter if I, with the idea of, dichotomy versus tri trichotomy versus monoism. I mean, we can argue all of those things, but the point is, and this is the most important element, I have a soul. I have a soul. Now, what we can do then is, I mean, one of the things that all of those arguments can do is help us to understand, well, what does it mean to love God with our soul more? Maybe it could help in that way. But, Again, I wonder if we're so busy arguing about the idea of a soul and what it is and how the body's made up that we miss the idea of loving God with all of our soul. So when we come back and we look at this idea of nefesh, nefesh means that the aspect of everything within you that is living, both material and immaterial. That's the idea of nefesh, that there, and, and that's the idea of soul, is that there's an aspect in you both material and immaterial that causes you to be alive and when Jesus Christ says and when it says in the Shema love God with all of your soul when Jesus Christ says love the Lord your God with all of your soul here is what it's simply saying is love God with every element of you that is alive now, some people will argue that in your soul is composed of the emotions the will and all those other great if, if it is, great. Love God with that. Love God with all of that. But love God, again, with every element of you that is alive. And, and so that's the aspect that, that you need to figure out is, is well, now, if, if, if so, then what does it mean? What does it mean to love God with my every breath? Because that's alive. What does it mean to love God with my eyes? Because those are alive. What does it mean to love God with my taste buds? Because those are alive. See, loving God with my taste buds. Now, just imagine this. When you sit down and enjoy a great meal, imagine just the gratitude of God, thank you so much for taste. Thank you so much for salt, for sweets, for the combination of those. My wife can cook some food, and I can tell you now, I am thankful Jesus, you are good. <laughs> you are good. But what does it mean? What if we loved God with every element of us that is alive? Your hands are alive. So what would you do? What does it mean to love God with your hands? Would your touch be different? Would your touch be different? And, and what I mean by touch is the way that you interact with fellow human beings. 
Would that be different? What about your words? Words are life, aren't they? I mean, with our words, we can give life, or with our words, we can take life. How many wars have been started because of our words? So if loving God with all your soul means loving God with every aspect of you that is alive, then how would it look differently if you loved him with your words and if you loved others with your words? What about your feet? What about your feet? Because your feet are alive. And why are your feet important? Because your feet take you to places. Where are your feet taking you? Are they taking you to places where you can love God and love others? Or are they solely taking you to where you just take care of number one? You take care of yourself and your needs and your focus is completely on you. See, now that we begin to look at this aspect of loving God with all that is alive in us, man, that, that all becomes different, right? It becomes, it, come, it becomes very real at that point because now we're, we're getting a picture of what does it really mean to, to follow God with our faith? What does it really mean to, to love him? with all that we have, to serve him with all that we have. Now we get an opportunity to be able to, to dig into that and to, to living for him. And, and so now it also brings back to us these questions, these passages that I think are really, really beautiful. Psalm 119, 175, let me live so that I can praise you and may your regulations help me. Now let me live. It says, let my nefesh. That's what it means, nefesh. Let my nefesh. Let me live so that I can praise you. Let every aspect of me live so that I can praise you. What does it mean to love God? It means that I'm, I'm living my life in such a way that every aspect of my life is praising him. Every aspect of my life is praising him. I mean, also think about this then. Do, do you look at your job differently? Because your job also helps you to be able to provide for your life, Right? So now, does it, do you look at your job differently? Yes, I, I know. I know that some jobs, for lack of better terms, suck. <laughs> and you may be in a position where you hate your job, and, and, and I get that. However, would you look at your job differently if you saw your job as an opportunity to love God with all of your soul? Because you can bring life to your job as your job brings life to you. Oh man, look at how beautiful, again, that would be. That we bring life because we're loving God with everything. You're dealing with that difficult customer, right? That gets on your nerve. How, how do you love God that way? That difficult client, how do you love God in the way that you deal with their client. Now, it doesn't mean that we allow ourselves to be taken advantage of. It doesn't mean that we allow ourselves to be abused. Sometimes the most loving thing that we can do with people is to be able to take a stand. And I've seen some people allow themselves to be abused in the name of Jesus Christ. That's never what he intended for it to be. But is there a way that you could take a stand and still show love? Now, I'll admit, I failed at that last week. <laughs> I did. When it came to dealing with the homeless guy last week, one day, you know, I came in and I found out he had been using a water hose. One of our water hose, hoses was stolen. 
Um, and it was somebody had seen him actually carrying it into his camper. You know, it was one of those things. And, you know, he was using actually the, the church's water to, su- to supply his camper. And, and so when I saw that, I'll be honest, like I came in and I was hot. I was hot. And I should have given myself opportunity in the car to calm down and, and pray. I didn't. <laughs> I came in all wrong. I did. Now, I think that there's a way that I could have taken a stand. I think that there's a way that I could have been more loving in the way that I approached a guy yet be able to deal with those things. But that's what we learn. And now, you know, after having that, I'm looking at, okay, God, how could I have loved him better? As well as how could I have loved you better? See, that's, that's what the call of loving God with all of our heart, soul, loving God with all of our soul, that's the call that it really gives us is this opportunity to really dig into him. So again, how are you loving God with every element of you that is alive? I mean, and I didn't even cover all of it, right? I didn't cover all of it. I mean, can't we go into sexuality? How we, how we loving God with that, can't we go into, I mean, we can begin to look at every aspect of what it means, like I said, to be alive. And again, begin to dig into this question of how am I loving God with all of my nefesh, with all of my soul, with every element of me that lives. I do, I want to encourage you to dig into that, to really think about that. And maybe to start a habit where every morning you wake up, you remind yourself of the Shema, and then when you get home that night, you go over the Shema again, and you evaluate your life and just ask yourself, how could you have been more loving? Because that's the beauty of the capacity that God has given us in our soul. That's the beauty of the capacity that he's given us, is this chance for self-awareness, self-awareness and growth. So that's my prayer, is that we'll make a commitment and that we'll do that. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Love him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Well, again, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Again, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you to those of you who listen to this podcast. Thank you to those of you who allow me the opportunity to be a part of your life each week. Thank you for your patience with me because I am growing. I am developing. I am learning. Thank you for those of you that continue to come. And as I've said before, I, and I, I still welcome it. I want to grow and, and develop and change. So please let me know if there are things that I can do better to make this podcast better. Because I, I really want it to be the best that it can be to touch lives, to touch souls, and to bring change into others where they begin to see life, where they begin to see Jesus, where they begin to see it all differently 
and begin to take steps into living life the way that God originally intended for it to be lived, the way that he created it to be lived. So please, please reach out if there are things that I can do better. Trust me, my feelings won't be mostly hurt. <laughs> no, but trust me, I, I really do want to hear. So if there are things I can do better, please, please let me know. This week will be the last week of the series. And then August 30th is when we start a brand new series called Politics and Religion. And I want to encourage you to invite others to be a part of that conversation. Because I, I really want it to be something that's, that's different where we have this conversation talking about life, talking about God, talking about who he is and the way that he reveals himself, where we have this opportunity to really begin to speak to one another in such a way to where it brings us together. And again, you know, we live at this point where, where everything is so divisive. I think even people who weren't divisive are becoming divisive. And it's, it's almost like this mindset now where you believe what I believe, you think what I think. And if you don't, well, then you're the enemy. You're the enemy. And it's not just the world that's thinking that. Sometimes it's Christians that think that because we act that way. So couldn't we do, can, can we do better? I, I think so. Can we do something differently? I, I think so. And that's what we're going to dig into for this series. So I want to invite you to be a part of it. So that's gonna be starting on August 30th, but this week we wrap up seven. And so I hope that you're able to join us this coming Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Also, just to let you know too, another thing that we're doing is we're looking at feeding the hungry in our community. So we're doing a canned food drive right now. If you have food that you would like to donate canned food, what you can do is you can also go to our website. If you go to the events page, You'll see a flyer, you'll see a slide there, a picture there, and underneath that, it'll let you know the things that we're collecting. You can also see it on our Facebook page as well as on our Instagram uh, profile as well. So you can go there, you can click the picture, and you can see the things that we're collecting for this canned food drive. We want to try to feed as many families as we possibly can. So please, please, please donate for that so that we really can make a difference so that we really can make a difference. And that's what God has called us to do. And again, I, I do, I, I firmly believe that no one should ever go hungry. So let's make a difference in that way. Also, if you want to help us with that, what we're going to do is on August the 26th, we're going to pass out all the canned food that we get, um, all the goods that we get. But what we're going to do is that morning from 8 a.m. till 11 a.m. is we're going to go through and we're going to sort it and we're going to put it in bags to pass out to families. Also, what we're going to do is, um, and so then we're going to do that at 11. From 11 till 2 is when we're going to pass out food. So if you don't know a family that's in need of food, have them come on August 26th between 11 and 2, and we'll pass it out till we run out of food. And then also, if you want to come and help with preparing the food to pass out, we would love to be able to, we would love to have you come along and help us out uh, in that way as well. But again, thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Really appreciate you. And I pray that God blesses you and blesses your week. And again, remember encounters about three things. You already know them. I already talked about them. Love up, love out, love in. Love up. What is one way that you can love God more with your life?
this week. Laval, what is one way that you could show love to humanity, to someone around you, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, whatever? What is one way that you could show more love to someone this week? And then finally, love in. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. What is one way that you can grow this week? Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? What is one way that you can grow to be the best you that you can be so that you can love your neighbor with all that you are and love God with all that you have? Well, take care. God bless you. And barring another encounter with a homeless person who wants to park in our parking lot, although we've locked it now, (laughs) we'll be recording again next week. All right, well, take care. God bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.